Welcome to Killer Cuts and Sick Tapes. Okay, uh, this is the uh, first official episode of the show, and we will be talking about Post Malone Stoney. Uh, because me and Fister immediately clashed about this album when we talked. did another podcast. Immediately. And is, <laughs> immediately, and it is killer cuts and sick tapes with Mad Fister. And we're here to discuss and argue our thoughts and beliefs of Post Malone. I'll be honest, first time I heard his name, I thought it was like the idea of like post-punk or post-hardcore, and I was really confused. Right. When, like, when, confused when, me. Right, when, when in, in all reality, the kid's name is Austin Post, and he put his name in a rap generator to come up with Post Malone. And I mean, he grew up in Texas, so literally if you had something addressed to the Austin Post, that's a thing. Right. That Think about that for a second. Right. If you like, it would either show up to him or he wouldn't get his mail. Right. That's something I, I, I thought about the other day. I'm like, what? But so, uh, we're basically just going to cover what we think are the highlights. We're just going to, I'm just going to, you know, we're going to list names and go, uh, how did we have like any strong feelings? Right. So, did you want to talk about Post Malone's come up at all? Uh, we will get to the come up because I think that. The opinion on that will we do result, then we'll talk a little bit how the sausage is made. <laughs> oh, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Okay, I dig it. If you right. wanna if you wanna lead it off, you you lead All it right. off. I had a very negative reaction to track number one immediately. Broken whiskey glass? Yes. Oh my god, why? I thought you would love that. I had a negative reaction because that tone coming through my headphones was not something I expected at that Oh, moment. that that original screech of the bird. Yeah, yeah, I was I was walking down the street trying to light a cigarette. Yeah. I nearly lit my beard on fire. <laughs> you know, see now, like, see now. I think that track um, actually. Um, sets the tone like I, I i understand that the production might have been a little odd on that one but it sets the tone of who post malone is it's kind of depressing it talks about real life stuff to me like when i first heard that i was like i get him i it, it helped me understand him as an artist which a lot of like intros as they call them you do not get that uh absolutely that is and that's something that's died even further is with age like right like not only is like they're like this this is a nice little warm-up of you're not going to be feeling well by the end of this album which i mean if that's they make the other guys make fun of me uh on is it rotten because i recommended a movie called tideland uh I like that movie because it makes me feel awful and it should make you feel awful. See now this to me this is like this album is like a roller coaster of emotion, right? It's like to me like this is like a year in his life to where not everything was all glamorous and party and fun yeah. for, you know, typical rap or hip hop. Like he goes through a heartbreak, he goes through a lot of 
a lot of stuff and like that's why like at first I, I have to be honest at first I hated Post Malone's music I thought he was a culture vulture I thought that um he was copying off of other people and and it really took me to actually listen to a live show that he did to help me respect that I just want to put that out there like I'm not a a post Malone dick rider or I wasn't at the start right so I just want to get that out there before you know we go any further uh and I always do my best to give things a couple of passes even if I have a negative reaction like there is some of my favorite albums that I absolutely despise the minute I heard the first notes. <laughs> you right. know? I'm like, oh, that's awful. And then it ends up being like the first time you have salt and vinegar potato chips. You're like, this is awful. And then you beat the whole bag and you're like, what? Oh, that wasn't that bad. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. So I'm actually going to skip down a couple of tracks, um, if you don't mind, unless you'd like to talk about uh, big lie or deja vu but those were kind of like to I, me i want to talk about that big lie oh uh, perfect okay has one very notable thing i immediately knew it was a dj mustard track right that i heard other than that i can't remember much about it so basically what it was about is he was making fun of other rappers for flossing and for talking about them being better than they are where you know it you know money doesn't make you type and uh you know like i kind of thought it was pretty cool but it wasn't like my it wasn't a favorite i guess well that's the thing it's like it's never it's never good to start an album off dunking on other artists right it, it, like there are very, very few people that can pull that off. Basically, people that are complete originators can pull that off. Uh, right. The Sex Pistols could pull that off because they, nobody sounded like them ever. Right. Nobody heard of anything like this. Right, for sure. Like, it's, it's that kind of thing where it's like, I don't quite understand kind of thing. But, like, the only thing that really stuck me was the, was the hook. And... Uh, DJ Mustard is is not one of my favorite DJs, but he's definitely he's definitely incredibly skilled. Like, yes, he has great great skill. Trap and stuff generally ain't my scene. Right? Yeah, so, mine neither. Really, like I I'm an original hip hop head, right? So, um, yeah, like, I, I understand. Like there there are my dislike of a lot of stuff like Migos is well known just because it's like not my thing I am not going to understand them I am a I am a white guy from the Midwest who grew up around literally no one and technically when I was born it was uh I lived in a trailer park so it's like yeah no this is not for me not right yeah yeah <laughs> I'm never gonna drive a Bentley or a Murcielago and talk about selling cocaine you, I don't think I have ever seen a Bentley. <laughs> right. I think about it. Uh, I, I've seen a lot of cars, but never you, you get you get to see them in Detroit a little bit, but it's yeah, I get that. So the reason why I wanted to talk about no option, but I'm going to talk about Deja Vu real quick. 
it's skeezy. It's skeezy. I respect Justin Bieber as an artist, but he is a scumbag human being. I know that we promised we weren't going to talk about that, and but I can't. From listen. what we can tell in the tabloids, he's a scumbag human being. Right, and we are so, told, and that's all we can go off of. Right, and since that's what we are told, I cannot listen to it. I skip past it just because it's solely Justin Bieber. And honestly, I just don't want to listen to a freaky sex jam of Post Malone and Justin Bieber. Like that's that's it. But I mean, that alone. Yeah, it sounded like a smashing wienerhead song. Just saying. Yeah, no, no, thank you. Oh, thank you. But it's interesting because Bieber does have a writing credit on no option. So I will I will explain that right now. Because I I did want to know. So Bieber gets a writing credit on no option because he did the melody for it. So how so how like like writing credits and stuff like that go like usually your producer gets one and the beat maker and whoever else was involved in making that beat gets a writing credit and then whoever writes the lyrics sometimes it's just the artist himself and you know like other singers they have other writers too and then the record company gets a writing credit because when you're when you belong to ASCAP or BMI, that's how they distribute the funds from the album. Because mm-hmm. everything funnels through those two organizations, and that's how they divvy up the money is via the the credits that they get on an album. So everybody who has anything to do with a particular track or album gets what they call a credit or writing credit. So that's how that system works. Um, and I, I can imagine Bieber knows a good hook when he hears it. Yeah. And if you've been around music that long, there, there's very little chance you can't. Right. You know, and, and, know and yeah. And, you know, Bieber, uh, we talked about him being talented. Musically. With, absolutely. With, yeah. With the last song. And so he's probably really good at coming up with melodies and, him and Post were probably in the studio when that melody came out and when he was playing the melody. And then, you know, that's what I want to talk about was the hook because that hook is awesome. We've been saying that for years. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, if you want to ride, you know, it ain't free, you know, either ask grass or gas, right? And I was like, oh, when he said that, I'm like, man, I was a little mad because I wanted to do that on a song. And I was like, oh, he beat me to it. But, uh, yeah, so they were probably playing the melody in the studio, and then all of a sudden, like, Post Malone just started saying that hook, and then before you know it, they brought a bunch of other people into the studio to make the track, and, and they probably did it, did it there. So. Uh, cold, I don't... It's funny, because I feel very cold about the track. I don't... Like, uh, it's a little more clinical than everything else on the album. I think that's a problem. Right, it, it it didn't make sense, and it didn't seem like it fit. It seems like a filler. Yeah, because when you go from like no option to the, the you know White Iverson track, you don't want to do like two songs like that back to back. So you you know you you got to put a filler in, and I think Cold was a filler for White Iverson. Yeah, it's it's a definite B side. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with B sides. There's some amazing B sides, but. 
like I really don't. It's it didn't ha- affect me. No, um, it it it, did, it didn't do anything to me one way or another. White Iverson, I do have an opinion on, which is that analogy does not make sense. No, I get it. Like it's goofy, right? And uh, so how that song was. I, I watched a video on how that song was created, right? And uh, they were just messing around in the studio, and he put it together. And actually, his team had told him not to put it out, but he was like, you know what? Like, I'm broke. This exact quote, I'm broke. I'm just going to put it out and see what happens. And he did, and and it had like 1.2 million views in a 24-hour period. Um, because it was catchy to people and it was different and it was stuff that people hadn't heard before. And I will I will admit, while I am not a fan of the song, it is very catchy. Yes. Like, it is insanely catchy. Yes. Like that is that is for sure. Uh I think what I do think it's awkward that it's called White Iverson. Uh especially considering Alan Iverson's uh past, it's really bizarre. Right, because you know, he grew up in the hood, and but he I had, think well, he had that one incident with the riot at the game. I don't know if you know about that. Uh, there was a riot, and they pretty much it was an old law to charge people with race riots. They nearly got charged on. Right? Yeah, yeah. It was that, and that was in his hometown because yeah, the white kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The white and, kids, and it's just like you couldn't like white. Jordan, Jordan's like anything. Allen Iverson, really. Right. I mean, but hey, like Allen Iverson spoke to the culture, man. Allen Iverson even has a rap album. You know what I'm saying? Like, I did actually not know that. Yes. So, you know, he's part of the culture. I think that was part of it. I think it was smart that he didn't use another basketball player. I think it worked out because the attitude of him is similar to the attitude of Allen Iverson. Like, practice? We're talking about practice. And he is just making music, right? Like, he just does his thing. Yeah. Like, I, I know the name. I knew the name, Allen Iverson. Like, I am not a sports fan. You can watch his other show if you want to talk sports. Right. I will more than likely either not know or will have forcibly removed the information from my mind. Or fall asleep. I have done all of these. Uh, so now we're going to get to my second favorite song on the album. I Fall Apart. And the reason why, like, this is why I became a Post Malone fan. Is his live performance of this song sounds exactly like the studio rendition of the song in being a performer myself i know how difficult that part is is to make it sound as authentic on stage as it did with the same emotion and everything and this is the heartbreak i was talking about where he sings the whole song and it hit me in the feels to be honest it actually hit me in the feels like i felt it like I knew, ex- I felt exactly what he was talking about. I I really did. Like I I can't say it. the production is is kind of weak on this one because you know it's it's a simple simple track 
to make. It, this is this is this is where we kind of differ because I think the production is what holds this thing up entirely. Oh, okay, me. I can see that though. You know, with the big drums and stuff, I, I, I can see it. And, and I, I looked it up because I'm like, why does this sound familiar? And uh, Carlo Montes, uh works with The Weekend, and I've listened to a lot of The Weekend. Right. Yeah. So I'm like. That is why I recognize this. Right. And I honestly could see a weekend, the weekend version of this being really good. See, like, I don't know, because the weekend, like, he he does a lot of auto-tune, right? He does and, do, a, well, he's been doing less of it. That That's definitely changed. Uh, right. But, I mean, I just, I just think that how Post Malone sang this one, like, I don't think that anybody else could have did it like that honestly because you know because he's got that gruffly marlboro light bud light voice you know what i'm saying and uh, and the little gravelly i think it fit with that track i just do and i can i can respect that i guess i want like for a track like that i kind of want the like the weekend smoothness added to it a bit right yeah that- it is it is raw i get it it's raw and yeah, I do I think, like a lot of raw music. It's this particularly I, but that's the first thing I thought of immediately was this sounds like something the weekend would generally be singing over, right? <laughs> and I looked it up and made absolutely all the sense in the world, right? Because, uh, patient, I don't have an opinion on. It's a, it's a, that's another filler track for Go Flex, in my opinion. It was go, go Flex is my second favorite. That is probably my favorite on this on the album. Is uh is Go Flex because the second verse where he's like push gas, get a motherfucking nosebleed. She ain't never met a young and do it like me. Like mm-hmm. I was like, because you know, like I usually date older women. So I mean th- that she ain't never met a young and do it like me. Like I feel that all the time. There is, there's something charmingly awkward about go flex. And I think that's what it is. Like this song could not be made by anyone other than post Malone. Absolutely. 150. Like, and, and that, that is its strength. Like right, right there, because it's like, it's not even I'm a I am good at flexing. I just want to go flex. Right, right. Yeah, I want to go do this. I might not even have the means right now, but I just want to go flex. Right. Like, smoke after smoke. They tell me to quit. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. There's it's crazy. One thing he cited is his interest was grunge, and I will say this is the least grunge thing I've ever heard. Is somebody go flex? Uh, if you don't know, grunge music really hated that concept. Right, no, I get it. Uh, like, uh, um, like this is off the topic of Stony, but one of his his earlier musics was doing covers of other music, mm-hmm. and and his most popular one was Nirvana, Teen Spirit, I believe it was, which is literally the exact opposite of this song. Like, absolutely, pops. Me and Mac have argued about this. Mac, for some reason, thinks that so, that song should be in movies where it's not appropriate. Uh, I'm like, that song, the whole idea of feeling like an an idiot to the point where 
no one wants to be around you and you are the most worthless thing ever is the power of that song. Right. But I mean, you had to. And Joe you, Flex is literally the opposite. Right. But you, you had to admit, though, right? With Gold Flex, it's like so hip hop. It is. Oh, or, it is I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say hip hop. I would say like the rap genre. Like that's what like that's what rappers want to do. We want the Bentleys. We want the gold teeth. We want the big chains. We just want everyone to look at us like who in the fuck is that? And that's what Post Malone did right there. Like. He flexed on me, and I just thought it was cool, man. That's, and, that's and my favorite song on that not, And to, honestly, the fact that he's not particularly good at flexing. Right, yeah, because he's a goofy he's, white dude. He's Well, he... Uh, I believe Todd and Shadow's pointing this out. He literally looks like if uh, the lead singer of Corn and Limp Biscuit had a child, it would yes, be. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Be, right. But um, I mean, uh, I... You know his he's got his own style he's got his he does, own he does and uh, and and i think that's why he has been staying consistent on the charts and actually um staying with uh, having a fan base because he's relatable like he's he's not like at the end of the day you how close can you really get to jay-z right right, right. like it's jay-z Right, exactly. You are never going to be him. Right, exactly. It's amazing he's him. Right, I think I th- honestly think Jay Z looks in the mirror like, how in the hell did I do this? You and know what I'm saying? He's already like he is a bit egotistical. And oh yeah, he, he, and he still probably does that. Um, and I think he is uh, postpone is riding the wave a bit of the whole less in your face rap that is happening like right. that's not a knock against anybody if you're riding a wave there's probably a reason there's a wave right and and the thing is right is like this is something that we won't know for a while though but you know waves of music always constantly change and the artists that can constantly change and re-event themselves mm-hmm. are the ones that stay relevant right so i mean this this is was his first album he's only had a couple albums so like the it's still out on post malone if he will be a figurehead in music or if he's just a wave like i get it like i understand but and uh, like we're saying there's nothing wrong with being part of a wave literally new wave right i've i as a massive dork love devo i love devo i love me some devo Right, and so, they, they they were they are you know they were on a wave, and they are absolute weirdos. And right. honestly, that's like uh, like we were talking like, but you thought he was a culture vulture. I thought he might have been a little on inauthentic. This is what convinced me that he is a lot more real than he looks. He right. looks like something you'd manufacture, but he's just a little bit too weird for anybody to actually manufacture. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, I first listened to it. Um, you know, like we'll get to it. The the congratulations song with Quavo. He's from the Migos, and I'm like, oh my god, it's just gonna be another mumble rap. Oh, someone who can't, you know, put two sentences together. But you know, like it shocked me when I saw that live performance of "I Fall Apart," and I was like. 
I got to check this guy out. I gave him a second chance, and I changed my opinion of him. Which is honestly all you can really ask anyone to do. Right. Uh, like, I'll say Go Flex is one of the songs I probably will – I'll keep around for a while. Right. Uh, White Iverson, I will not. I fall apart. Like I said, if it reminds me enough of The weekend, I'm just going to go listen to The weekend. Right. Uh, so – and we both know Deja Vu is, yeah, no, no, thank you. Right. Yeah. So the next two tracks, Feel, which was, uh, I really don't have an opinion on it. I mean, it's it's a, it's a, got a good production. Uh, Kalani sings really well on it. Um, but, like, other than that, I really don't have too much to say about it. Um, too Young, I love the concept of it. Because um, if you think about it, most like if you th- Kurt Cobain died when he was 27, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Amy Winehouse, like he's oh, based. He's the ba- 27 Club is a real thing, people. Right, and and he is basically like saying, "Look, I'm gonna go hard, but I don't want to die too young." And like I I understand that, and I I like the song, but it's not like something I'd want to talk about. You know what I'm saying? It's just one of those songs that you, if you. It under- probably means more to him than it does to us. Right. Exactly. And, and unless you're in a situation to where you are, you know, in the music business and you're, you know, living the life that they, you know, living the life that, you know, performers live. You, I don't know if you'd really get it. Like I, 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 it's like the, the upcoming album I have probably way too much connection to um, in a lot of ways so uh, that we are going to do. Uh, so it's, it's, it's that kind of thing where it's like either – neither of us were white dudes in Texas that became famous at this point in time. We're right. never going to fully get it. And I do think that he this this is one of the few times where you can tell it's it's definitely an early record by somebody. Right. Right. This is he was still growing in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I haven't listened to uh Beer Bongton Bentley's yet. I've not I've been the biggest fan of I absolutely do not like Rockstar, that's for sure. Um Oh, see I got an appreciation for that. We'll we'll get to that. I tried I tried. I really tried. Like He's I talking tried about- He's talking about gaming. I know. My AP going hard? Ah, anyway. I, I, I thought look, I thought I, I, thought, listen, I, thought you I to that. actual nerdcore, okay? <laughs> but so you so you, so you realize like he is one of the biggest Twitch streamers, right? Oh, I know, I know. He's pretty yeah. So anyway, that's way off his yeah, topic. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. So you have a huge opinion on congratulations though. I know you do, and I'm I'm wanting to hear this. Okay, because... congratulations to me. Okay, this song is one I did not expect this to be any good at all. Me because neither. The first thing I heard after Post Malone track "Congratulations" was the word "Quavo," and I think both of us do not have a stellar opinion of the Migos. Not as as rappers as production. Uh, honestly, they're un, they're untouchable. 
They and, are and, actually really, really and marketing. Good. They're really, really smart businessmen. Yeah, but, but congratulations. Um, yeah, I just I didn't. It wasn't. Um, it was what I expected. And the first time I heard it was on a T-Mobile commercial. So with it being on a T-Mobile commercial, like I'm like, oh, this dude's just a market plant to get white people to buy T-Mobile phones. That's what I thought. I didn't even think that he would come out with a whole, I thought it was a gimmick, you know, and it was a real gimmicky song to me. And so it was just what it was. Right. And shockingly enough on this album and beer bongs and Bentley's, the songs I like the most are not the songs that were on the radio. And honestly, I would not have caught any probably post Malone if I hadn't heard overheard it, like in a Walmart, to be honest. Right. Because, like, at, like at the kiosk, right? Yeah, because this isn't this isn't what I'm generally searching for. Uh and it's just not. Uh right. this song felt just about right for like where we're at in the world. Like this this to me is one of those that feels a little cultural touchstone where it's like which funny, stony. Right. Where it is like, you know, maybe the time is over for rappers to be completely full of themselves. Maybe it's sometimes, you know, just, just self-satisfaction is fine. Right. Being satisfied with what you did. And right. it's like, that's what I got out of it. And honestly, considering a lot of stuff I've listened to, it's that's, that's a sentiment that I would like to see a lot more of. Right. Yeah. To be more down to earthish, like the eighties hip hop was where it was about the struggle. Like, no, I get it. Like this could, that could be a complete turning point. And if, uh, and, and I get it and it's at the state of hip hop, like you said, but I just don't know if, uh, if, if that's the one, like there's a, there's another song on this album that gives me that opinion more so than congratulations. Really? Yep. Yours truly, Austin Post. I don't know. It just didn't, didn't didn't pop for me. Oh, see, that's like so. Like, like, and like, like we've said, like these are completely separate experiences. Probably right. doing completely different things. Right. You know? So, I mean, like, if you get a chance um, before the next show, listen to that again and. And just let me know what you think if your opinion changes on yours truly. And what I'll do is I'll but listen to congratulations to see if it affects I me differently. I do want to say one thing that is really, really weird about that song that you probably don't know. Yours uh, truly, Austin Post? Yes. Okay. Uh, one of the artists on it is uh, Rufio. Okay. He is from an art punk band called The Death Set. Yep. They are not pop. Right. Not even slightly. I have no idea how they convinced him to do this. So like he, he's recorded drums for a lot of people now, but like in his it, like in his like early days he wouldn't have even thought about it. Like ever since uh he took over drums after the uh weirdly enough the bass player for uh TV on the radio died so they had their drummer become the new bass player, so he 
subbed in. Right. And they kind of chilled out after that. But it's like, it was just a really odd thing to hear. So this is, I know how that happened. Really? Yes. So that band actually moved to the Los Angeles area where uh, Post Malone is living now. And um, they were in the studio together. Well, not together, but they were in separate sessions. And the producer couldn't figure out uh, the drums properly on, like, the the MPC. Like, they couldn't get it, Uh like, the way that they wanted it. And so Rufio was uh, getting done with a, a studio session, and they had asked him if he can come in and bang away on some drums. And this is what they were looking for. And you'll know what we're talking about. And so they played it for him, and then he filled it in. Yeah. That's how that happened. Because there is some, like, the the Death Set is one of those bands that really blended uh, punk and electronic really, really well in a really unique way. Right. And are from Australia to make it even more otherworldly to our American ears. Right. Because they have a whole other music subculture than we do obviously absolutely that's uh that's a that's a different one which honestly is that's generally a good thing for me because it's like i don't always want to but it was just it was just weird for me to hear that uh on it but like i said this this did not i felt like i was missing something and there's a good chance i am Right. Okay. Yeah. So, like I said, like I'll revisit. Congratulations, and and then we can we can tie back into into that when we uh, when we get back together to talk about the next one, right? I remember congratulations first time hearing it in a Walmart. Like I, that is one hundred percent true. Uh, I like the people watch at Walmart. Go ahead. I I remember walking home from it, and I think that's part of what did it. It's like. Yeah, this is a long ways away. Right. Me. <laughs> right. Congratulations. Like, exactly. So it just maybe it just kind of hit me in that really weird mood. Right. And so there's only one other song on this album that that is almost worth talking about. To me, uh, is it leave? Because that song I don't like. No, no, actually, it's not. Good. It's feeling Whitney. I have, like, I heard this song and I didn't get it, so. So, it is, to me, right, it is like a a song about, that's where he talks about the 72 Beard session, right? Um, But it is like, he's trying to find himself because everybody else left him, Uh you know, and he's super, you could tell he was super sober because, the dope man was dry. You know what I'm saying? It was like, that was like the realest shit in the world. I was like, well, I feel you on this, man. I know what that, I know what that's about. Like when you're, when you're on the road or you're trying to do something and you can't even get a lift, you know what I'm saying? Like, not like a physical lift, but a mental lift. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I could, I could see him just sitting in his room sober as hell with a, you know, like drug sober, not like sober, sober with a bud light going, huh. And just fucking around on the guitar and going, yeah, I get it. I get it. I'm, I got that one. I really did. Yeah, and it's just odd. Uh, like, like, like I'm saying, like, it, this is, 
he is one of those artists. I feel like it's going to. I do worry that this album is going to feel very, very of the time, and this might not be an era of music people are going to want to remember. Right. No, I get it. But I don't know about you, but uh, while I have certain nostalgia for some really bad rap metal, uh, I can guarantee you most sites not. <laughs> right. Right. But I mean, if you think about it, the way that he made it on the scene is fantastic. And it just shows um, that if you want to do something, you can do it. Because, like, he was like a straight A student in high school. His buddy gets signed to an esports team. He goes, lives in the news closet, and they make some funny videos. And they made White Iverson, and everyone was like, "Yeah, don't put that out. That's trash. That's just that's just a joke, right?" And he does, and he hashtagged it right, and then before you know it, in 24 hours, they had 1.2 million streams, and record labels are trying to contact austin post like you know you know because probably did not go well right because because the 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 artists that he had that he had like hashtagged or added they they retweeted it because it was so different it was like way out there way off the way out of left field for what hip-hop was at that at that moment you know what i'm saying like that was if if this wave of hip-hop uh, becomes a lasting mark, he will definitely be thought of in good terms. It's it's just always will will that be what sees it through, right? And um, and and like like we'll never know. We won't know right now yeah. because the wave is still there. But as you can tell, the trap wave kind of died down a little bit, and nobody wants to talk about that anymore. Um, like like there's more. I'll say this, there's more trap than mumble rap I get, and I don't get much trap. <laughs> so, right, right, right. And, and literally, I think part of my problem with mumble rap is I literally can't understand them sometimes. Right, and that's that's mine too. It's like, look, like when I was coming up in hip-hop, like punctuation or you know pronunciation of the actual words to fit on a beat or in the track or flow within the track really meant something here's a question i have that that might seem odd is post malone really a rapper (sighs) no that's what i thought he is and he isn't he he it's interesting because me and mac rabbit have had odd conversations about him before and for some reason he keeps coming up he kind of reminds me of ODB. ODB Ooh. didn't just rap, sang rap in really weird ways. But so the thing is with ODB, the reason why that 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 strikes me as really odd is when ODB was rapping with Wu Tang. I get it. ODB solo stuff was way different, way off, way in the left field, singing mm-hmm. rappy stuff. But when he did Wu-Tang, it was punch you in the face, hard bars. I will say early Wu-Tang was uh, a little later, not so much. Right, but I mean, it was... Uh, incorporating that into... In, but I'm just... I'm saying 
I'm not even saying that he's like I'm not going to say ODB isn't a rapper. I'm saying that if I were to classify Post Malone as a type of rapper, he's a lot closer to that than a traditional one. Right, like uh, they have it as hip hop and rap on his on his song on his uh, you know the title or the genre, but I don't think he fits the genre. And actually. This is this will be another conversation that we're gonna have to have, but um, we'll have to do a whole show on this. Like, I think that the hip hop slash rap genre should have multiple subgenres. And I like I agree with you completely, and I I proved to you that I actually know there is, which is weird. Right, right. Like, I brought up horrorcore, and you're like, wait, people outside Michigan know that exists. Right, <laughs> right, and so like. But like, they consider that a genre on its own, right? Like, I, I, there's this artist that I that I know personally. Um, they call he's Oddball. That's his name is Oddball, um, and that's just what his street name was was Oddball because he wasn't the normal street dude. But he's not odd in in his music. But like his genre of music, like the the music that he makes doesn't fit in like any of the like it's not like 90s hip-hop as like you know like you know gutter bars stuff like that but it's not like this new stuff because he incorporates so much different stuff to where like and bars to where you can you you understand what he's saying so it's not mumble the production is crazy really good and he hits on topics, but it's like like I you can't classify him or um, like Silas Rage that's local. You can't. He's in a different league. They're in different leagues, and they're and they're actually shockingly enough, they're different leagues from each other. And uh, like, if I was a local, I'd probably know more about that. Like you're describing like his style to I me. Mean, I'm like, for some reason, the first name popped my was Big Scoob, but just because he doesn't really fit. Right, like he started out early and then fell off, and then does not sound anything like anything else anymore. Right, and he doesn't sound like anything new either. So, but right. uh, I literally have a folder in on my computer uh, for music labeled unclassifiable. Right, and and I think Post Malone fits in that. Either a they need to create a genre for those style of artists because there are a couple of them. Um, and, and not have it under the hip hop banner because a real it makes real hip hop guys mad when you classify Look. that into hip hop. Just like if you think about it, like hard rock in the or rock and roll in the early '90s did not accept grunge or alternative, so they created a genre for it called alternative because the rockheads didn't wouldn't accept it because everybody was still you know motley crew and uh kiss and a but like the whole the whole like la metal scene is like this giant weird like experiment that went on way too long <laughs> if you ask me right no no i i 100 i 100 get it but like where hip hop should stand up and say, Hey, look, this guy doesn't fit. We need to make something that he can fit to. 
Just and like, I, and just I like think rock they're, and roll trying to, they're trying to do that with like sad rap and emo rap and new names. I wouldn't call a lot of it like a lot of things they're labeling emo rap. I go, you know, nothing about emo as a genre, right? Yeah, like you know, like there's nothing rap related that I would consider emo, like. When I think when I also when I use the term emo, I'm not speaking of the mall emo. I'm speaking of the actual emo. The, yeah, yeah, no, the I get sunny I, day real estate, the knapsacks, the the uh Weezer's first two albums you could classify as emo. Yes. And one hundred percent. And honestly, I love both those albums. They're great. Um, uh, as we would, because we're from the Midwest and we are absolutely messed up in the head. I'm oh. sure we could both agree on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, but it's, I honestly think that yeah, some of the, I think what people are mistaking for, for emo is more of an honest streak, right? Which, I'm more, I'm more associated with like the conscious hip hop movement, but right. that's sort of died down. It's weird. The rise of Kendrick Lamar kind of mirrors the death of conscious rap, even though he's one of probably the best ones, which is yeah. really odd. We'll, we'll have to debate the J. Cole Kendrick, because I think J. Cole is actually the leader of that group, by the way. Uh, we could, we could yes. do that. We have, we have a show next. We have a show coming <laughs> up called Kendrick versus J. Cole, baby. Yes. No. Oh no. Like no, I'm just playing. I also my I think Kendrick it, it's it's more that it came across immediately where J. Cole did not start off very true to himself. Right. He was trying to make hits. And it's funny that he kind of failed at it. I'm glad he did. Right. And so like, where yeah, because he's got a song called Let Nas Down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so anyway, why, um, don't we, why don't we talk about what's coming up on the next show? Actually, I, I did want to mention one thing. Oh, okay. I would I would define more this way of coming up more by Twenty One Savage than I would anyone else. Because oh. Twenty One Savage is not complex, and he's not a mumble rapper, but he is super honest, right? Like to a fault, honest. Right. Like even certain times, I'm like, I did not need to know that, Mister Twenty One Savage. Right, not. but I appreciate. It. So it's like, if if there's like a, if there's like a name for it or whatever's going to happen, I'm I'm guessing. Post Malone's going to come up in the discussion in the future, you know, of it. But I think Twenty One Savage is probably going to be the definer. Like how you'll talk about Stone Temple when you're talking about grunge, but you're really talking about Nirvana. Right, right. I get it. <laughs> He's in like Stone Temple's great and all, but still no Nirvana. Right. Post Malone is the Stone Temple in this to me. Wow. Okay. Which? I, which I, th I, I think once you listen to beer bongs and Bentleys, you you might alter your opinion. We'll see. Well, the thing about that, that I've always that I've always contested about Stone Temple is they did have a different sound than everyone else because they were. They weren't from the Seattle area. Right. So, and that, like, I can see a difference between Post Malone and 21 Savage in their, in their approaches. And it, it's, 
it's more something like that than a quality difference. Right. I get it. I get it. Because, like, Core is still one of my favorite Stone Temple albums. It's a great album. Uh, but, like, I, I, I have definitely turned around more on Post Malone. It's not something I would generally listen to in my regular rotations, I think. I, I can appreciate that, though. But it's mostly cause it's so downbeat. Right. And, like, when I get up in the morning, like, when I got up, like, a couple of mornings ago and listened to this, that was a mistake. Yeah, this isn't this isn't something you want to listen to when you're driving to work, per se, right? <laughs> like, I went out, lit a cigarette, and I nearly fell asleep standing up. Right. Like, all right. Generally, like, I, I get up in the morning... I will put on some hard rock, some metal, punk, whatever has like super energy. Right. Like, like I like to listen to Sky in the morning because that's like hyper is all hell. Right, right, right. Like you listen to Mustard Plug first thing in the morning, you are awake. <laughs> right. Um, and speaking of punk, uh, next we're going to sort of a pop punk act from uh, Milwaukee. I'm not sure really what to classify them as either, but they are. They, they kind of fit. They kind of fit techno to me a little bit too, right? They have a well, and uh, they incorporated that more into the into the album we're reviewing than their earlier efforts. Uh, and I think that is very on purpose, right? Because this is a concept album where the other ones aren't, right? And you can tell this is a concept album, and the concept is drugs. How many? All of them. If, if you can't put more drugs in them, they will be upset. Right. That's, that's the impression I get. <laughs> um, like, if you think rappers talk too much about drugs, uh, direct hits, wasted mind, uh, I think, you know, that, that the album Eminem talked about, about naming after his mom, I think this might be that album and we just don't know it. Right, right, right. Every single track of is drugs. It's a different facet of drugs, though. Very different facets. Everything from this is fun to, oh, I don't want to be alive anymore. Right. Yeah, so I'm actually like, to be honest, I'd never heard of Wasted Mind before. Yeah. So um, I am really interested. Uh, like I said, I listened to the album that we're talking about. And it's team really tight on to me. But this week, I'm going to deep dive even further into Waste of Mind so I can learn the band better. Uh, if you do that, I would highly recommend. For some reason, they have an obsession with heads. I don't know why. Their first other, other two albums are Dome Splitter and Brainless God. So I don't know what fascination they have with the head, but they do have one. Dome Splitter and what? And uh, Brainless God. Oh, here we go. Brainless uh, God. This is going to be an epic experience of Also, life. Dome Splitter has one of my favorite album covers. Like, it is, uh, it is one of my, oh, this is, this is exactly what you sold me. <laughs> right. You know, you sold me, sir. So, in conclusion of Post Malone, after sitting in like listening and learning about Post Malone, do you have a different appreciation for him than you did originally? When I do we have a different appreciation for him. Uh, 
it is not the I am the new fan. It's more of a I understand. I probably will pick a song up or two again. This isn't my cup of tea, though. Right. I will, I will continue looking for stranger and weirder things, probably. Right, but if but you won't shy away from. No, I, would, like, no, I, I wouldn't turn him. I'm not going to tell people to turn him off. Right. So, and no, if I wouldn't do that generally, but and and if, and if you're going and if he comes out with a new project, you probably more than likely look at it. If he did a rock album, I'd probably be really into it. Did you hear Little Wayne's rock album? That is terrible. We're going to talk about that then. Okay, because I you know, I agree with you, but I, it's, I agree. It's, I, I agree ter- with you. it's it's not a terrible album in itself. It's a terrible rock album. All right, all right, boom. All right, cool. Music's <laughs> good. Terrible rock album. Music, so, it, like so, he should never have called that his rock album. Right. So have you heard rock and roll, sir? Right. So. You guys are listening to Killer Cuts and Sick Tapes with my buddy Mad and your boy Fister. We come together and we make Mad Fister Killer Cuts and Sick Tapes. And we talked about Post Malone today. Next week, we're talking about Wasted Mind. And we have a couple more surprises for you guys coming up. So if you guys want us to talk about a local band or anything, drop it in the comments section. Send us an email. If you have a name for whatever genre we're trying to describe, tell us, please. That would really, really make my right. life easier. Absolutely. If you have, uh, and if and if we're wrong on anything, let us know. Like, hey, no, I don't understand. I don't agree with what you said because we don't mind debating. Yes. So, like, like I, I'll admit, I I jumped the gun a little on him, but. It's and that happens. It happens to all of us. It, it actually happened to me. Like I said, I I didn't even give him a chance when I first saw that goofy guy. But yeah. you know, a live performance like changed my my view on him. All right.